Is it a good written novel and it's got like crazy sex? Sign me up. Is it a good written novel? <laughs> Is it a well written novel? Sign me up. Books and Brunch with Amber and Noel. Welcome to the Books and Brunch podcast and video casts now. We also have a YouTube channel, just Books and Brunch. Yeah, it's just Books and Brunch. Last time we talked about House in the Pines and we did a part one and we didn't get into any spoilers and uh, we were having a little bit of technical difficulties. So we kind of called it there. Um, then I learned how to use technology and we decided to go into part two. We had a consultation with our 17 year old <laughs> audio technician. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, he was probably like these middle aged women. <laughs> I know. He's what? Like, <laughs> he said, um, Amber, could you do me a favor and talk into the side of the microphone? And we were both like, oh, oh. That's yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, talk. Not all microphones are used the same way. Who knew? Yeah. Um, and when I said who knew, he said I did. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's sassy. Shout out yeah. to David King. Thanks, David. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a big, big audio equipment guy and uh yeah. he has like some youtubes he edits for he's like hit over a million views so uh he said he'll charge us once we start making money <laughs> yeah so no never. i'm pretty sure if we, if we call him again he's charging us <laughs> yeah so um so part two we'll actually get into you know, spoilers and stuff. We try to start out all of the podcasts talking about the book and the author synopsis without giving spoilers in case you're just listening to see or to hear, to figure out if you actually want to read the book. And right. then we reach a point and we say, okay, from now forward, we'll talk about the book with all the spoilers. And that way, if you've read the book, then you can see if you agree or disagree with us. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. We just, we broke it up into two. Yep. So I could fix my stuff. <laughs> so as far as the first part, we talked about like different themes in the book. We talked about Anna Reyes's life kind of informing her work. Um, That's the author. Yeah, yep. And again, if you didn't watch that one, but you've read the book, then no big deal. You'll just kind of miss some of the history of her. And this is her first book and how she got it. It was fascinating. It. You should go back and watch it or listen. Really? To it. Just <laughs> can't miss it. You shouldn't miss it. <laughs> um, but yeah. So now that we've covered themes and like motifs, what direction should we go in for discussing house, the house in the pines? Um, maybe. So like I was thinking about this last night and the book is a thriller or that's what it's classified as. And I know a lot of authors, they say um, when they're writing, they don't really choose what the genre is. Like the editor or the you know um, publisher will tell them, okay, it's this genre. And they're like, oh, I didn't know mm -hmm. I was writing that genre. She actually knew because it had started off as her thesis. And so she, uh, they told her to be better as a thriller. So she went back through and did the key points that turned something into a thriller. Right. But I didn't think it really, when I think of thriller, like I didn't get that. Did you right. get that? No, because, well, yes and no. So it, there's like, there's like psychological thrillers and then there's like kind of more like political thrillers or action. Like when I think of uh, 
Pelican Brief. Did you ever read that? No, I saw the movie. Yeah, okay, me, I didn't read it either, but I saw the movie with Julia Roberts. <laughs> I mean, That's yeah, I what, totally read it. <laughs> I think like something like that follows the formula of a thriller, whereas like I think more m- modern thrillers like Gone Girl, like um, The Lovely Bones, ones where there's more, It's there's definitely a mystery, but there's this element of like it's it might be just psychological or maybe it's paranormal or or it's narrated in a in a unique way like the lovely bones i would consider kind of like a thriller slash mystery but it's narrated by a the dead victim and you know that from the beginning but it still kind of follows that so anyways I, i think it's just kind of like we're moving into a kind of like a nuanced way of genre fiction. It's expressing itself, but still being genre fiction. Yeah. I, I think maybe it didn't feel like a thriller to me, which I don't really read a lot of thrillers. I did, I read lovely bones and see, I ne- I wouldn't have said that one was a thriller either. I don't know what I would have called it. Um, but gone. There's going to be people. There's going to be people being like, "Lovely Bones" wasn't a thriller, but I think I think it was. But yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't really know what I would consider that one. Um, but yeah, I guess with this one, I didn't totally consider it a thriller because more of the question. I mean, you've got the question of Frank: Did he do it? What did he do? How is he coming after her? But right. I think more of the questions were about her the main character and like her sanity and what was going on and so to me that's i guess i guess it could maybe psychological thriller you think maybe like girl interrupted do you ever read that um no no or I watched the movie. <laughs> <I'm so bad. laughs> I guess that but that's the thing like I haven't I haven't um read a lot of those that's not the genre i normally read and me me and noelle we take turns um picking okay let's talk about what we what we think really worked for the house in the pines the the thriller components of it and what we think maybe maybe worked for a different genre um but didn't come across as thriller i guess what i'm trying to say is some parts of it, the parts of it that was more literary rather than thriller. Mm-hmm. Do you think, would you have preferred that that was different and it was more of a genre thriller? Or would you have wished that perhaps she wasn't encouraged to make it a thriller and it was more literary fiction? Sorry, my, I'm in my daughter's room and she just got home from school and she just walked in and looked at me and she's like what are you this doing? is the most mom podcast episode we've <laughs> ever done it's been like anything that can go wrong my dog's barking yes. your kids come home yeah um okay so one thing and i don't know about all the stuff you were saying but <laughs> one thing We'll just cut that out. <laughs> the one thing that made me so mad and it didn't like a lot of it tracked, like a lot of the stuff she wrote tracked, like it made sense. The dots connected. There weren't plot holes. But the one thing that I was like, I don't get it was her fiance, like she disappears and then 
he just doesn't talk to her for like days. Right. Like she's texting and calling and he's like, I'm studying. It's like she was ill when she left. You knew something was wrong and you're just right. like not going to talk to her for days. Like that part, like knowing his personality and like everything like that part to me, like seemed really weird. And it was almost like a, um, like she didn't want to have to say if he had answered and talked to her, like would she have told him and then would he have showed up? Like, you know what I'm saying? By her not talking to him, it just right. isolated her more. And that kind of isolation and a problem, I guess, is, you know, indicative of thriller, you know, yeah, creating or like more dri- problems. drives that. Maybe it should have been that he was calling her because he was concerned and she was avoiding the problem. Or she just lied like she always did to him. You know, I just thought that that part was weird. I was like, every time they're like, oh, have you talked to him? And she's like, no, I'm like, "Mm, but why would (laughs) like, I don't know that. Yeah, that part made me mad. Um, Also, unpopular opinion. I kind of liked Frank, even though he was a murderer. (laughs) I like I didn't agree with that part, but I'm like, imagine dating someone that could hypnotize you and make you think you're just like on a deserted island, that you're just on vacation, that yeah. it's just all real. I'm like, there, I saw, you know, I saw some mischances there. <laughs> like he could have used his powers for good if he was with someone yeah. he didn't have to hide it from. Yeah. Like, can yeah. you imagine? I, I mean, okay, what I liked, here's what I hated about Frank. And um, Anna Anna Reyes talked about this in an interview that I listened to. What was it called? The Feminist Podcast. She was talking about how she kind of deliberately created Frank to be a character who um, was a master manipulator in the sense that um, the main character, Maya, couldn't contact Frank. Frank had all the control. Like, Frank could just show up at her door. Frank was the one driving. She was in Frank's car. She was, he found her at work. Frank knew where she worked, where she lived, her phone number. She knew nothing about Frank. So she, he kind of, on one hand, was like mysterious, right? We kind of like, like that um, dark, brooding, mysterious character but then you don't realize like that is kind of sketchy you know and and it is a power play to be like yeah you don't know when I'm gonna pop up but good luck finding me when you need me did you ever read Fifty Shades of Grey no so but you like know the premise and I I know that it's like BDSM right and so control and all of that and and a lot of people said the things you know in that book um like he spoiler she wanted a job at this publishing house and so he went and bought the publishing house and didn't tell her he had bought it so then they would hire her and he'd do stuff like Mm. that that she didn't know and then you know just like other um more control controlling things right right and people said afterwards like if he hadn't been if that character hadn't been like super wealthy and good looking he would have totally nobody would have um oh there's a bee on my toe (laughs) 
what is happening? This is the cursed episode. <sighs> Murphy's Law my, right now. I can't I can't tell my daughter I kicked it off because she like like saves she like saves the bees. Like she gets them out of the dog's water and saves them. Oh, bless her. And I think I killed it. <laughs> Listen, the world needs balance. The world needs people who save the bees and people who squash the bees. So you're just playing your part. It's probably like her pet bee. <laughs> She's like, have you seen Clarence? Like, what's Cla- my pet bee that I've had for 17 years? <laughs> it's just like, I think it's dead. Throw something over it. Now, mm-hmm. now I have to hide it. <laughs> hide the body. So she's you don't even you don't understand. She's gonna be so bad. Oh. Do you wanna take care of the body really quick? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm I'm laugh crying. I'm not like scared crying. <laughs> Are you safe in your home? <laughs> oh my god. Um oops. Now where did that come from? Are there more? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not good. <sighs> okay, so what control. Were we, saying? we were talking about control. If he, if <laughs> so he had not had, been good looking, yeah, and rich. that that people wouldn't have thought like, oh, this guy is awesome and that it's hot and everything. That it would have been a different scenario. And that's kind of how Frank reminded me. If he had been doing the same things, like she couldn't call him and she couldn't, you know, go to his house, then he would have been like this. It would have been that situation where it's like yeah. hot, not like creepy. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So can you do can you do a thriller where the main person is like super wealthy and hot or would people not get scared? I mean, I think you can. I mean, that's like kind of when you think of um Dracula, like the original Dracula, he had that kind of mesmer charm. But he like literally hypnotized him, right? Dracula? Yeah. Yeah, or, like I mean, charmed him. Yeah, he did, he did charm him. I mean, similar to Frank, right? Oh, yeah. So when I think of like Dracula is oft sometimes portrayed as like kind of good looking, and then sometimes not. Like if you follow Castlevania, he's super hot. If you follow like like different version, like Nosferatu, not hot. But but I think that idea of like the charming vampire when they're yeah. hot when it's it it reads like Twilight when they're hot mm-hmm. like even Castlevania is more of a romance than it is a thriller and then yeah so yeah if you want it to be a thriller your monster has to be ugly <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story because she even talked about Frank and like how he wasn't. Like that attractive, but that she was traditionally good looking. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if she actually even liked him or if part of the hypnosis was that he convinced her she liked him. No, it'd be a really good idea if they adapted this to film. And when she's first telling the story and she's under Frank's charm, he's good looking. And then once the charm is broken, he's not. Well, did you ever see? Um, oh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was. Jack Black and I want to say Cameron or uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and he's like dating her and he sees Gwyneth Paltrow but everybody else sees like like a like obese woman 
Mm-hmm. And he gets all confused because she throws her underwear at him and they land on him and he holds them up and they're like... And they're huge. A tent. And he's like, that doesn't make sense. But it was because yeah. he was seeing like her in her inner beauty or whatever or her inner self. That, yeah, that would be good if they did that, huh? No. Um, we'll have to talk to our movie people. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we've talked about this in oh the Oh my past. God. The bee is gone. Is it a zombie? <laughs> I heard oh. your eyes roll. <laughs> um, okay, so we've yeah. talked about this in the past when we were reading Eileen. Um, there are novels that are plot-led and mm-hmm. n- novels that are character-led, Right. And I would say that this is one where I did struggle to care about the characters. Yeah, I would say it's plot driven. Yeah, because I didn't. I mean, I feel like the 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 friendship between Maya and Angela was we're we're told that it's like this deep bond she's never bonded anyone like this before that was her person but i felt none of that in reading it i don't think that's like a discredit to the writing or the story i just think it was more more of that jumping in timeline there's a lot more telling than showing because you've got a narrator looking back on the past and telling you right we were really close so you don't get 17 chapters of of them building this relationship like in the book we're reading right now tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow you have what feels like half of the book of this friendship building you know Mm -hmm. and you're and it's driven by the characters less by the plot here you've got crazy things happening and you're just you just almost have to take the author's word that they were really close and that this death was really hard for her which I don't know. Sometimes I struggle with that. I almost think that I prefer a character-driven story than than a crazy plot. Yeah, I liked um, the dynamic of her and the friend. And like, I felt like I would have liked the book even more if if the friend had been there. Like, had that's what I was saying. If they, I was saying in um, part one, if they had done it chronologically instead of going back and forth. You know, and so that we're experiencing their friendship and then what happens to her and then hopping ahead to the future, not going back and forth. Because I, that was probably my favorite point because the friend, like, holds her accountable. Like, who is this guy? You're always with him. And so it's not just like the internal dialogue of, you know, her in withdrawal and trying to figure things out. It's, you've got, I don't know. I liked the fr- having the friend there aspect, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but I do agree it was probably more about plot, which, like I said, I don't re- read thriller, so is that kind of like typical of thriller? Is it's more yeah, plot driven? It is because the idea of like creating a page turner that's like mm-hmm. a thriller is because like what's going to happen next? Not I'm so invested in this friendship or I'm so invested in this character. That when they die, I'm going to fall apart, you know? Yeah. But, um... See, and that's... I read, yeah. like, romances, and so... I mean, I read, 
you know, all kinds, but that's like one of my favorites. And the thing with like, you can have a book with romantic elements, like say it's um, like historical romance, right? right? So is it a historical book with romance or is it a, a romantic book with history? history? Or, and so they say the way to tell is if you take out all the romance stuff, if the story is still there and makes sense, then it's not actually a romance novel. But if it doesn't make any sense, then that's that's the main thing. It's a romance novel. And Got so it. I guess that's kind of like with thrillers, like... Take out that you, driving plot. If you took out the characters, some of the characters, would it all still be... Oh, yeah. You know, going? Or take out that big, like, crazy plot device, and do you still want to read it? Or, like, do you still care about these characters? Right. Right. Yeah, but and so I, that's probably why I, I like the romance because it is character driven because that's what the romance portion is. It's the characters relationships with each other. And right. so you could set them in any scenario, but that's you could keep their story the same. You know, yeah. no matter where in time they are or what. So it's about character and relationships and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I I enjoy genre fiction for what it is, um, but I think that we were talking about this earlier. Is like I think that there are a lot of authors who kind of play around with what it means to write within a certain genre, and I would say like Stephen King for me is one of them. For a really long time, I didn't read Stephen King because I thought that he was like lowbrow, and I had mm-hmm. this kind of I don't know like hang up that if I wasn't just reading like. I don't know, like the idea that, yeah, if I if I was going to read something dark and disturbing, it should be like Cormac McCarthy, not Stephen King, because Stephen King's for everyone. But then you read Stephen King and you're like, oh, no, this is a man who, first of all, has great driving plots, but he can create some characters, characters that feel like real and not just plot drivers or um what's the word you know when they have you heard the term a macguffin no i feel like i'm saying it wrong and i'm gonna have to correct it <laughs> hang on <laughs> or, okay. or they call yeah, it like the it the girl the late the girl in the freezer or it's some some take on that and it's like the yeah. only reason the female is introduced is to kill her yeah 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 like, that's the only reason yep so, like, a MacGuffin would be if you have a, a, you've got two dudes sharing an apartment, and then they find this stray cat, and then they finally become friends because they adopt this cat. Like, the cat serves to set and keep the plot in motion. So, they're not doing anything. Nothing is happening in their lives. It kind of, anything that happens is revolved around that, the MacGuffin. So, like, the dead wife... Frank was Frank was a MacGuffin, right? He wasn't a real character. He was a plot device. What? Or maybe Angela was. I would say the fiance. I see. I forget that Dan was even a character. <laughs> see, see. Yeah. <laughs> um. Whenever you say MacGuffin, I just. I think of like a muffin top, like you're combining the word muffin and gut. See, I think of um, that's my was, that's my MacGuffin. 
<laughs> who was that? Who was the drug dog that wore a trench coat? Oh, like the McGruff? Dick Tracy hat. Yeah, McGruff. that's what I, I say. McGuffin, but then I'm picturing McGruff. Uh, see, I'm just like thinking of how I'm going to use that in the future. Like, you know, it's swimsuit season. <laughs> it's my my McGuffin. <laughs> you eat a McMuffin, you'll end up with a McGuffin. <laughs> Possibly. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. But okay. So things that you do feel like really worked in the novel, things that you really liked. I liked the whole hypnotism aspect. Yeah. Um, because I thought there was something paranormal going on that he was going to, that he would kill these girls and they would uh, go live in this cabin that maybe existed on a different plane of existence. And that then, you know, that's how he would keep them forever. And like, Way more complicated than what it actually was, but yeah, it was like such a simple answer, but I didn't guess that. And like, even when she was blacking out for periods of time, like I still didn't get that. I just thought he had some sort of powers, you know, and he was charming her, which I guess he was, but I wasn't thinking of it in the way he was doing it. So I thought that was really creative and the whole, um... Like thing with his dad and his dad running all of that and doing it to him when he was a kid. See now that again, if the chronological, if they had, if she had, I've never written a book, so not trying to tell an author how to write a book, but the dad's story with the son and the mom, I feel like was glossed over, and that was way more thrillery to me. Like right, right, and that was like the bomb drop yeah and so if they had like actually went into some scenes like more like dug deep into that it would have been that would have been interesting like she could almost do a prequel but you couldn't have had yeah red house in the pines to read it right Um, but that would have been that would have been good frank's story people do like a like a origin story for a villain Mm mm-hmm so who knows? Maybe she could. Yeah. What what worked for you and didn't? Um, I think that the story within the story we kind of talked about, like the like meta narrative where she's writing her father's book. Well, she's reading her father's unfinished book. We then find out that she's going to finish it, but. It's this driving force, right? It's this thing she keeps coming back to. Like, why is this kind of metaphor of um, not remembering where you've been kind of standing out to her and, and her almost like her weaving together her missing memories through reading her father's book about that yeah, so I liked that. And I didn't think it was done, like, heavy-handed, where it's like, this book is about memory and where you come from. And then, this book within the book is about, me- you know, like... Yeah, it was presented so subtly, I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Until you said something, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> You know what? I think <laughs> I think you're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. But yeah. I, 
I always love thinking about the bigger picture, and I think that's why I don't read a ton of genre, but this is a perfect example of how genre fiction can lead you to these same conclusions. These seem like kind of like philosophical musings, if you will, is that like while I'm reading it, I was thinking about like, what does it mean to be from somewhere? What does it mean to go back there? You know, what am I the same person that I was? What else worked? What else did I like? I think she did a really good job. Obviously, Ana as we talked about, dealt with addiction and withdrawal. And she did a really fabulous job of creating a character who, like, I felt some of the shame, some of the impulse control stuff. You know, that like, there was that one part where... She was trying to force herself to hold out to start start drinking until after I think like three o'clock. It was just kind of, or maybe five o'clock. It was an arbitrary number, but she was just like lit. And I've I've felt that way before about certain things. Sometimes it's been alcohol. Sometimes it's been other things. But it's been like, okay, I don't have a problem if I can wait until this time. But then all yeah. you do is just think about it until this time, and you're like, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> so is it <laughs> yeah well it, it kind of gave me did you ever read this is also a thriller did you read girl on the train no that came out it was like all of those the woman in the window and girl on the train and those all came out around the same time i did mm. read like half of the woman in the window okay i didn't read that one but girl on the train was really good in a lot of ways i don't know why i didn't make this connection before it similarly to the house in the pines is that so that woman is is a has a drinking problem and she drinks these uh gin and tonic canned gin and tonics and she did such a good job of describing and like conveying this woman's like almost subconscious need for this thing this craving that I went out and bought like a six pack of gin and can gin and tonics while I was reading it, like, and was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Because it was just, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but she also, that character has some memory issues. And because of that, you don't know what's real and what's not real from her perspective. And I do think that the House in the Pines did that really well. She did a really good job of, I know that you said you never really like doubted her, but th- there was definitely a point where I was like, narcissist right like maybe she thinks that her ex-boyfriend is killing people to get to her or to send her a message and she's at the center of it and you're like oh sounds like narcissistic personality disorder right and then yeah i guess like i didn't doubt what she was saying because um there was proof you know her friend did die and was in the house and he was there and there's police reports and he talked to the police and said yeah she just dropped dead and then the girl in the diner there was video and people saw it and so it wasn't like people were having to take her account of it like there were witnesses it did happen and so that's why i didn't really doubt any of that and then it was like he was there both times it is a really weird situation so, yeah, it yeah. does make sense. Like, it made sense. And so that's why, even though she was, you know, sleep deprived and going through withdrawals and everything, like, I still, it made it made sense to me. So it, yeah. I didn't ever think it was something else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like a good um I like a good friendship story. We read um my best friend's exorcism and that was like That I is the one- lost episode. Yeah, maybe one day we'll go back and do it. It was supposed to be our first. But that uh, Oh, I still was- have it. We recorded I it, it and I still have it. Do you? Oh, yeah. that's probably really rough. <laughs> I mean, we're on episode like 13 or something, and I still don't even know how to do the intro correctly. <laughs> so. Well, you know, you're not everyone can be a pro like me. I and, know. You know. How to like work your computer and your microphone. Home. <laughs> 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 um. So, yeah, do you have any final thoughts on The House in the Pines? Um, I would say if you like like a good thriller, if you're seeing, ooh, thriller, that you, it's probably not going to be what you're thinking. It's not like edge of your seat, nail biter, like what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. It's more trying to figure out what happened but people who have listened this far have hopefully already read it or else they are, we mm-hmm. just like spoiled the entire book right uh, well it's I've, sort of like um i was reading something about they were talking about books that came out in the last couple of years and they were all someone's favorite right like on a bookstagram post and in there was american gothic and a couple other ones that were by all definition thrillery but literary so like literary Mm -hmm. thriller like hybrids and um i would say the house in the pine is in that so like for someone who liked mexican gothic or vice versa if you read the house in the pines and you kind of liked that it wasn't like true thriller but it was kind of like i disagree i read mexican gothic yeah and it was more thriller to me okay you thought it had more of yeah. a driving, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plot. Yeah, it was. It was also the like, what is going on? But it was real creepy, and it was real like, what's going to happen? Like, it, yeah. To me, my what I think of as a thriller, like I wouldn't call Mexican Gothic a thriller. I'd probably call it like speculative fiction, um, page turn. Like I don't know, thriller to me. I just I think like axe murder. Like I can't wrap my head around like the term thriller without thinking about that kind of thing like murder and and stuff yeah but mexican gothic to me definitely was more like someone's in danger you're feeling that yeah yeah um i would maybe we should call the house in the pines thriller light (laughs) there you go (laughs) like it's like Less calories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, so, like, I had thought it would be a good, like, like tween thriller. You know, yeah, like a young, sure. like a, like a young, young adult. Like, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there, was there anything graphic, really? No. I don't feel like there was, like. Yeah, it was super PG. Yeah. And, so, and it's not, like, super scary, but it's, um like well written and so i would i would think like if you have like a 13 14 maybe 12 year old that's like kind of reading above their age yeah mommy that, what's klonopin <laughs> <laughs> that's i was trying to think like what all is in that <laughs> just Does drug and alcohol anything? 
There's no like sex or anything? I don't think there's any sex. Because I'm like, she has a fiance, talks about her with Frank. Yeah, I can't. Maybe that's why it was kind of a little Fell flat for you for me. Like, that's what was missing. Oh, my gosh. I think <laughs> the sex in Cleopatra and Frankenstein, I, like, blushed alone in a dark room. I was like, <gasps> and I am not vanilla of a yeah, person. Yeah, so like, oh! <laughs> we, um, so the next one we're recording is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then after that is Bridgerton, or it's Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. It's what the season three Bridgerton is based on. And mm-hmm. I read the first two that they were based on. And you've started it. Have you gotten to anything like that yet? No. No sex. Okay. Okay, there will be. <laughs> that's oh. What her, that's what historical romance, but they normally take a while because that's... The appeal of historical romance is you, the book is about so much and then that happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I'll just be interested if Cleopatra and Frankenstein made you blush because I know what the other Bridgerton books were like and people were calling the first uh, season that they put out that it was like basically porn. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm really down for, I'm down for whatever. I just love that you're you're reading a Bridgerton. I know. <laughs> McCarthy, who did you say? Cormac <laughs> McCarthy, Blood Meridian, <laughs> The Road. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because our next book after Bridgerton is First of all, I loved this book. Spoiler, I finished it and loved it. Um I am almost done and it is very, very good. Yeah, after romancing Mr. Bridgerton, we got Night Bitch. So I think... I and think then it'll the- be my pick again. Are we going to start like it's a competition and start coming at each other with, I'm going to make you read this one now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get one that's so scary. You're not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> and you're like, there's going to be so much heavy petting. <laughs> You said Honestly, you hadn't read say, fifty. Wait, you said you had not read Fifty Shades of Grey. No, that might have to be. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> if the writing's good, I'm down. And then I'm going to make you read excerpts aloud for the podcast. And yes. Get <laughs> oh no i love it i love it like i remember reading dorian gray for the first time and being like this is because he was a dandy he was kind of in this like fringe part of society and i remember being like oh my god (laughs) okay you can pairing dorian gray to 50 shades of gray (laughs) for like young young me (laughs) <laughs> but but what I'm saying is like I think it, I think like sex in a novel doesn't mean that it's one way or another. Is it a good written novel and it's got like crazy sex? Sign me up. Is it a good written novel? <laughs> is it a well written novel? Sign me up. 
<laughs> is it is good it I'll learn you good <laughs> is this episode over i am dying <laughs> do you see i'm sweating so like my noelle hair is stuck is, to my neck noelle has moved into her house made of pine um they're not quite done building it so they have no ac yet and she is in the Ooh. south <laughs> I am, you see this shine? I don't just have glowing skin. I am sweating my balls off. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's be done so you can go towel off. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm going in the cold shower. I rate this. But anyways, join us with Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. That episode will hopefully do in, in a couple of days. Hopefully we'll have it out for next week. And yeah, now that we're over a bit, Noel's big move, my technical mm-hmm. issues, we can get back on track. Yep, we're both doing more work from home so that we can focus on making the podcast better. So give us feedback. If you have ideas of how, like, what you want out of a book podcast and you like us, give us that feedback. We want that. Yes. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Don't, but don't tell me I'm too sweaty because that's not constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> All right. Read, eat, and repeat. Bye. <laughs> Books and brunch with Amber and Noel.